All right, welcome to this week's episode of Kuden Radio. Is it is it a radio uh, broadcast? Is it a podcast? I don't know. I decided to call it Kuden Radio. I don't care what anybody else thinks. Anyway, um, so I thought I'd distract people with my my uh, shirt. What do you think? Anyway, all right. So I know for those of you on audio only, you can't see it. it says underestimate me. That'll be fun. Anyway. Um, so uh, during this episode, we're going to take a look at this idea of success and mastery and um, what it's not, right? Um, quick uh, story. I, I uh, wrote a book a couple of years ago for parents who are looking for uh, safety things for their kids and whatnot. And um, I did a reverse engineering on it. I based it on, well, the story behind it is, uh, I got tired of teaching things in a positive forward direction uh, with, okay, here are the things to do. Step, 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 step. And, I mean, it happens in martial arts and self-defense class, too, right? Everybody knows the answers, except that when I see them in public, they're not executing on what it is that they supposedly know. But anyway, um, I got tired of hearing, well, we already know that. So I decided to write the book backwards, right, uh, from the perspective of, here, do these things so your kid will get hurt or kidnapped or abused or whatever, right? Yeah, that tends to rub people the wrong way. But you know what? I'd rather rub them the wrong way and wake them the fuck up. Excuse my language. Leave that one, James. Um, wake them up than to um, have people blindly go through things. Anyway, so uh, we're going to be diving into our uh, Mikyo uh, mind science and philosophy and things like that during this time, uh, during this episode to see what it says about success and, uh, enlightenment and mastery and those kind of elements. Uh, but we're also going to take a look at, um, how that kind of thing falls short as well. All right. Anyway, um, we'll get started with that, uh, as soon as we formally do the opening. All right. So let's go ahead and do that. So the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. All right, and we're back. Well, back to get started, right? Anyway, all right, so this episode, uh going to take a look at, what are we taking a look at? Not success, not mastery? No, we're, we're going to talk about, we're going to take a look at these concepts. Um, see, in, in our Mikio Mind Science, um, there's this idea of, uh, in, uh, in the East, it's called shunyata, right? Shunyata. Uh, in, in Japanese, it's ku, right? Emptiness, right? Uh, it doesn't mean emptiness or, or void, that kind of thing, but it doesn't mean um, something is like empty, empty, like a vessel. Um, what it means is that something is uh, empty of a self-identity without its relationship to other things, okay? So... You know, uh, it's kind of like a ball of clay, right? It, it can be anything, right? It's, it's pure potential. It can be anything until you shape it into something else, right? 
So uh, also in Mikio at the other end, right, uh, there are actually four false levels of um, perceived enlightenment where ego fights harder to hold on to it and maintain its identity, its control, uh, that kind of thing. But, right, and I know we could we could run around in circles. You could do Google searches and, and uh, find all kinds of definitions. You know, success is what I say it is. Success is this. Is, okay, so let's let's start with this. Right, there, there's this analogy that one of my uh, one of my uh, mentors uh, has used in the past. Now he's using it. The 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 key point that he's using is different, right? So he was he happened to be talking about finances, but it doesn't matter what what's doing the quote-unquote crossing. You'll see here in a minute, right? So let's say we're building a bridge, right, from where we are to where we want to be, okay? And it takes a certain number of bricks. Let's say, say, let's say it takes 500 bricks, right? And we've got 480 of them in place, right? Um, so, you know, we've got this thing built and all that, but we're missing a couple, right? So what we keep doing is, like, adding bricks, to other areas, right? We add bricks to the trestles. We add bricks to the to the up ramp and the down ramp, right? But the 20 that we're missing actually create this gap in the middle, right? So can't exactly drive across it because we'll fall in the freaking crack and then end up crashing and burning on the rocks below or the water or whatever, right? But instead of collecting the bricks and doing the work to put that in place, what we keep doing is going to more seminars. We keep buying more programs. We keep working on the same techniques the same way, right? We keep reading the same stuff that tells us the same stuff we think we already know, that kind of stuff, right? But what these 20 bricks, and pick a number, right? I'm just, you know, threw a number out, right? But what these bricks represent are the skills that we don't have that complete the bridge so that we can get where we're going, right? So that our skill set develops to the level of proficiency that we need, right, um, to produce the kind of results we want to produce, okay? Um, it takes our sansin and makes it street ready. It takes our kionopo and makes those those uh, techniques or models street ready. Shiaku, Tangeki, Seon, whatever. Makes them street ready, right? Um, of course, I'm speaking from the perspective of, you know, self-defense, okay? Um, but what people keep doing is, is popping all this extra stuff in, and then there's this belief, right, that, well, of course I'll be able to do it. Look at all the freaking techniques I know. Look at all the stuff I can do in the dojo. Well, that's all great, okay? But the truth is we have no idea what those bricks are. Well, how the hell do you, what do you mean, okay? Well, what kind of results are we producing, okay? So I'm going to make some analogies during this, this episode, during this session, that fit in two different realms, okay? Actually, three different realms. And we're going to use the mandala to do it. I just discovered a, a what do you call it, a, a feature. And I, maybe I knew it was here before, but I discovered a feature um, that we have here on the, the main system that we're using that we're simulcasting to everybody else with. 
that's going to allow me to share my screen. So, um, James, if I knew that that existed before, um, I forgot, but I found it, right? So those of you who are on audio only, I apologize. I will narrate and describe things to the best of my ability. But when I share my screen, I'll tell you what to do a Google search for you for so you can uh, bring up an image and, and uh, follow along uh, based on the audio and, and my description. Right? But for those of you who are live, I'm going to do show and tell. Right? Um, but the, the, the mandala and the, the lessons that we have are very, very explicit and they're very, um, they're very multidimensional in the way they help us come to an understanding of things, right? Kind of like the description I just had of the bridge, right? Um, you know, if let's say some construction workers were building a bridge and uh, the person or people responsible for putting or building the keystone structure and the, the state here in the United States where I live, uh, Pennsylvania, is known as the Keystone State because it's the middle. It was the middle province in the in the middle of the 13 original colonies, right? So it was known as the, the Keystone State, right? Nothing went uh, east or west of it. Everything was kind of stacked above and beyond it, and so it was the it was the linchpin, so to speak, right? Um, so, but the Keystone is the thing in arches that he that keeps the whole goddamn thing from falling down. Right. That keeps it from from falling over, from collapsing in on itself. OK, so these 20 bricks or these pieces or whatever that I that I was describing earlier is this important piece. Right. Uh, for those of you who have gone through my foundations of uh, Ninja Self-Defense Mastery program um, that are now going through uh, module two. So the realm of the uh, warrior tactician course, uh, I use a four pillar uh, description to kind of point in the same kind of direction. But the whole idea here is, is, uh, missing things. Uh, before the, before this uh, whole thing kicked off this episode, uh, James and I were, were talking about, um, you know, more comments have come in on videos. And then he saw, um, some videos by somebody else where a similar topic came up, happened to be wrist grabs, right? And, <laughs> James, can you fire your stuff up there? Unless you're uh, preoccupied on your side over there. Can you fire things up? Mm, yeah, there he is. Look. We little hit. No, sorry. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so uh, how'd that go again? It was somebody else, right? It was somebody else's videos, not mine, right? Right. But you said it was the exact same cascading comments, right? It was like that. this is all they had to say. They said they dropped them on mine. They dropped them on theirs. They whatever, right? It was the same. Right. It was the same idea that nobody grabs wrists, you know, it's not a real attack and same, same basis of uh, trolling comments basically, but it was yeah. completely different. I don't even think it was a ninja suit video. Well, I I, yeah, it. that's fine. Right. But see where, what this points to in the context of what we're talking about in this episode, what this points to is, confirmation bias right that we only look at listen to uh will seek out knowledge from try to learn from or whatever people that are telling us the same things we already know because for some reason we think that if we just accumulate more 
of the same thing in the same areas, well, then we're going to produce results, right? We're going to, we're going to have greater success. But the problem is that if we're missing skill sets that we don't know we're missing or the other person doesn't know we're missing, right? Because um, when I see things like that pop up, you know, I can't remember a fight. And this is a true comment, right? This is, this is almost word for word. I can't remember a fight I was ever in where somebody grabbed me by the wrist. My first thought was, uh, what about a knife? Anybody ever try to stab you with a knife? How about a gun? Anybody ever try to shoot you with a gun? How about somebody grabbed you from behind a uh, bear hug and then somebody came at you from the front? How about a wrestler? You ever been attacked by a wrestler or three or four people at the same time? No? Oh, well, shit, then that stuff must never happen to anybody, right? Because what you're doing is taking your experience and applying it to everybody, everything else in a general kind of thing. And Shoshi Whistler, one of my, one of my black belts at the school, um, he likes to, uh, he likes to goad things. He goes, you know what? I'll get on. I'll, I'll video record things. Um, or I'll, I'll do the, the techniques. Um, you know, especially for the people that comment because you're old or you're bad or you're bald or you're whatever, right? He goes, you know, I'll demonstrate the techniques and then that'll remove their, you know, their ability to dance around still not being able to do it because they're going to point out that you're not qualified because whatever, right? So, um, anyway, so, but what this, what this points to, is not just a confirmation bias, but there's there's other things involved too. There's uh, what's that? Um, uh, sometimes they just call it something simple like first impression bias or whatever. That the first way we saw something, right? I mean, I've been in this martial art alone since 1980, and I've watched it change over and over and over again. It's helped me since they shifted things and and uh, things changed because of the perspective of the vast majority of students coming in from the West and things that people just weren't practicing. So things got shifted for that. Or um, the fact that, you know, when I got first got involved, the highest rank in this art was fifth on. And there were certain things that you were allowed to do once you got to that point. And then we had a butt ton of fifth dons. And so there were five dons added to that. So then the top was 10th don. And things kind of got shifted that way. And then there were a butt ton of tetons running around the world. And, and then there were these uh, beyond level kind of things, right? Which were given Godai elemental names, right? Because in Japanese martial arts, the, the Q and Don levels were borrowed from Buddhism. That's how monks were ranked as they were training and learning things, right? So <clears throat> well, I'm saying, right, it's a habit that I have. I'm not asking you to tell me that I'm right. Um, you know, I've done my research. I, by all means, do yours. Um, but uh, so 10 is like this return to zero, this back to void potential, that kind of thing, right? Uh, in Shingon uh, Buddhism, there are 10 levels of, of uh, mastery and attainment and whatnot. But but all the all the sutra, all the typical spiritual mikyo kind of things run out at the ninth level, right? The 10th level, just everything explodes outward and you're supposed to go study everything, right? Because no one thing has uh, a curve on uh, or a, a 
you know, has, has all the knowledge or all the compassion or, or whatever, right? But not only are you supposed to study other things, religion, politics, science, whatever, right? But you're also supposed to go and study things that are in direct contradiction to that which you believe to be true. Okay, because one of the secrets on the mandala, uh, the Kongokai mandala, that's the one that has the nine panels for those of you who know these things. Uh, well, in Shingon, in Tendai, it's just one big panel. Um, but on that one, there's a secret where you keep spinning your wheels and you keep trying to do things, but you can't quite make that breakthrough, right? Um, and the secret is that the answer or the, the solution or the tool or whatever that you need is actually held by those on the other side of the mandala, the ones that you hate, right? So we're the blue shirts, and they're the red shirts, right? And so it's us against them, and they don't know what they're talking about and whatever. At a certain point, you're going to need to recognize that to get to a, a certain level, right, you're going to need to open your eyes and, and recognize that if they were wrong, they wouldn't be producing results on an everyday basis, Right? Their kids would all die, right? They wouldn't be able to keep their car running. They wouldn't, uh, you know, be able to keep the electricity on in their house. They wouldn't be able to be successful in any way, right? Because they're wrong. Same thing with martial arts, same thing with religion, same thing, whatever, right? So the answer is on the other side, right? They hold, it's their approach to things that, that we're missing. What the hell does this have anything to do with anything? Well, let's go back to the bridge analogy, right? The bridge analogy points to, like, if I don't know what skills I'm missing or what training perspective or if, if I don't know what I'm missing, right, I can continue to keep spinning my wheels and doing the same stuff over and over and over again. But I, I'm, success is always going to stay out of, out of reach, Right. The bridge will never be completed, right? which is one of the one of the jobs of a teacher, right? Somebody who's been there and knows because they're the ones that are going to, I mean, you know, they're the other ones are going to point out that, well, your skill set over here. I know you think you know it, but that sucks. It doesn't work. OK, well, that's what I was taught. Not my fault. Right? I just had somebody recently, James and I were talking about this earlier, um, they got involved in one of my programs. I can't remember which one at the moment, but um, I started going over basics and <laughs> their response was, holy shit, there was a lot I didn't learn. Okay. Not my fault, but there was a lot that you did learn. So it's okay. But we have to be able to identify those things to figure out what's missing so we can complete the damn bridge. Okay. Unless, unless, your goal is just to get a black belt, in which case your task is not to learn enough skills to earn a black belt. Your task is to find someone with minimum requirements and standards who will give you a black belt for less. Because once you get the black belt, that should be it, right? Right? Or uh, what was that analogy we used a couple of episodes ago, James? Um, about, oh, training in the martial arts, right? We have people all the time, man, I've always wanted to train in the martial arts, right? Like, that's not a big enough goal. What's it take to succeed in the goal of training in the martial arts? What's the minimum goal 
have to have reached success in that, James? Just taking a class. Just go to a class. Congratulations. You will have, you will have now trained in the market. Well, that's not what I meant. Well, yeah, I know, but that was that's the way you define the goal. So, uh, but we do this stuff to ourselves all the time, right? Um, and we don't understand the depth of what it's going to take or, right, I, I know a lot of you guys have been in different classes. A lot of you have been around for a long time, so I know you've seen this, where people get involved and then they're only around for a class or three or a couple of weeks or whatever, um, and then they're gone, right? And for a lot of these folks, what – and I, I know, everybody has their reasons, right? You understand, Sensei, like – Life change, this happened, whatever, okay? Um, but for most of them, what happens is this is freaking harder than I thought it was going to be, right? And some will actually say, well, this isn't what I was looking for. This is not, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Okay, well, what did you think it was going to be? You think you're going to take on the biggest, baddest, enraged person out there and – you were going to be able to do that with Thursday's class at seven o'clock. That's, that was the extent of your training, right? Or a couple of classes here or there, or the ability to regurgitate the names of Kata, or you can, I can, I can name all the, all the, uh, grandmasters of XYZ lineage, uh, you know, in chronological order. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Other historians. Right? But see, that's successfully being a historian. What's the goal? Right? What's the goal? So is the goal, and again, for those of you who are new to this and you don't know me very well, my goal is always practical use of this in the world. And that's not just for self-defense. Of course, everything is self-defense to me. But, um, you know, when I, when I looked across the, the philosophical and the, and the martial philosophy training, uh, and those teachings, as well as the stuff that tends to lure people in, right? Uh, I kind of summed this up, and this is this is what I what I promise at least the adult students in my in my uh, uh, dojo, and I only have adult students around around the world, but uh, you know we're we're passing on the lessons that allow somebody to create the life they've always dreamed of living, and the skills necessary for protecting that life from anything that might damage it. Okay. Now, what about the people who only want one side? Well, I can help them out with that, but you're still going to need to put up with hearing life mastery lessons along the way because it's all related. Right. Um, what about the people who only want the life mastery stuff? Well, I'm still going to make references to uh, martial arts stuff and, and situations where if you screw this up, you're going to die. Right. Um, so I'm probably not fit. I'm not a good fit for people on either side only, right? Um, so it's just the way it kind of comes together. But uh, focus has a lot to do with these things, right? So, uh, James, did you see the uh, the post that I shared? One of my students, uh, she's now long distance. She actually started out in the dojo, uh, Kim. She shared this thing with me, and then I shared it along on, I think it was on Facebook. Um, it's a, another one of these quotes that, that was attributed to Bruce Lee. Now, I take these things with a very light grain of salt um, because 
anybody can put anybody's name to things. I've seen quotes that has, has the Buddha's name and whatnot. And, um, I know a bunch of that stuff almost like the back of my hand, but, um, I don't know where the hell they got it, but anyway, so I'll, I'll get to this in a minute and why I don't care. Right. Um, the, I don't know if you saw this or not. It was the one I shared that, uh, he was talking about the mindset that is the complete opposite of a victim's mindset. And uh, what he said was, um, for most people, if they find themselves in a room that's filled with their enemies, right, um, their mindset or their their belief is that I'm trapped in here with these people. But you need to hold the mindset that these people are trapped in here with you, right? Uh, General... Mattis, uh, was the Marine, uh, commandant that just, uh, retired. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He said, um, uh, whenever you go into a room, right, just have a plan to kill everybody in there, right? This has nothing to do with being just this animal who sees everybody like a psychopath or whatever, right? Um, but bad things can happen at any moment, right? And if you lull yourself into a sense of complacency, then you're going to be surprised by the weirdest things, right? And that's why um, now most people think this is a ninja phrase, but again, it was borrowed from Mikyo, right? This idea of banpen kukyo, right? No surprises, right? When I first encountered that, it was translated as no surprises for the ninja, but uh, that has nothing to do with not being, no, like nobody can surprise you, right? It's not about that. It's about what your mind does when something unexpected happens, Right. But anyway, back to this to this meme. Right. Um, so it was a, the, the whole thing ended with the uh, you need to have this so that you don't you're not controlled by this victim mentality. Right. It doesn't serve you. Right. Um, if you're trying to be successful and somebody inevitably. Right. It happens a lot. Right. Um, posted. Ah, Bruce Lee, right? King of plagiarism. And I thought, hmm, interesting. Now, I found it very interesting because, like, I didn't bother go looking it up because I don't care if Bruce Lee said it or if the king of Timbuktu said it or if Matahari said it or Adolf Hitler said it, right? Something that is true is true regardless Right. Um, I remember passing on something a couple of years ago. Um, very, very wise uh, uh, thought inducing kind of thing. And somebody said, oh, from that guy, do you know what he was known for? I don't care. How does that change the truth of the statement? How does knowing any of this stuff? And here's here's one of those things that gets in the way of success or mastery. People people often get distracted by the who said it was that quote actually by this person was that historically correct look the question that should that most people should be concerned about if they're building that bridge is is this a brick i need to complete the damn bridge so i can get where i'm going right said another way Will this serve me? 
as a mindset, as a tool, as a whatever. Will it serve me? Right? But they get freaking distracted by this minutia. Right? Like, who cares what the names are of all these people in this lineage? Right? Unless you're studying them to learn something from their life that you can use to increase your level of skill, understanding, or ability, who gives a shit? Right? One of my teachers used to say, somebody would say, like, is this, is this Kata, is this Tangeki, or is this Shiaku? He'd go, I don't care if you call it Bob or Betty Sue. As long as we're on the same sheet of music, the hell are you worrying about the name? If you can't do it anyway, right? So, give me half a minute here. Sorry about that. The wife came home. The dog decided he was leaving my office and left everything wide open. And my wife's doing her best to be quiet, but she and I have different stealth skills. So, <laughs> um, anyway, so, but here's this distraction, right? Um, and here's my other thought, right? We're all plagiarizers, right? The question is, how do we go about doing it? Because... If you're trying to implement things that a teacher has taught you or like a mindset or you're doing, who knows? It could be everything from affirmations to I'm, I'm trying to speak in a different way because I'm trying to become that person over there, not that entity. I'm not trying to become my teacher, but my future self has those skills communicates this way, carries themselves this way, right? I have another episode coming up here where we're going to look at flipping this whole 80-20 rule that um, people keep uh, trying to use. And it, it at best, will double your abilities as opposed to uh, 10x them or 100x them or whatever. But anyway, so... That's that's a reflection of my future self, right? I want to be like like them. I don't want to be them. I want to be like them, right? So I will copy, right? I will borrow phrases. I will say it like they would say it, right? Is that not plagiarism? Did I not take that from them? But why am I doing it? It's not like I'm doing it on a college thesis paper or whatever, um, where that's not allowed. But this is the first phase, like in remembering things. Right? Okay. This, my teacher always said this. Da, da, da. Right? So, well, see, when I say my teacher always said this, there's a whole process between when I used to copy what he said word for word to when I started to gain some experience with that. Things started to validate themselves. I was producing better results, those kind of things. Um, I had to communicate with other people, uh, students or family members or whatever using different words because they didn't get it the way it was passed on, right? The context would have not worked for them because I got it in the martial arts or a Mikio context 
and they needed to get it in a good old boy family reunion barbecue context or whatever, right? Or um, James knows when, he, when, we, when uh, folks go through my uh, instructor training program, they have to learn about different learning types, right, and how to present a technique in a way every time you demonstrate something that covers as many of them as possible, and then when you let people go work on things, you're going to have to go around and um, individually catch those folks up that don't fit into the primary three that you can do during a demonstration. Okay. So, uh, but what ended up happening over time is I ended up saying the exact same thing with completely different words, different analogies, different, uh, different stories because it became mine, but it started out, right? We all started out as plagiarizers. That's what kids do. They mirror things back, right? My four-year-old grandson runs around now, and he says certain things, and I'll go, who says that? And he'll name the person or the show that he's watching or whatever, where this character says it or whatever, and he's just borrowing it, right? Because, and he's, he's trying to figure out under which circumstances and context it fits, right? So it just, right? But we have to be careful that we're not being sidetracked by stuff that doesn't serve us, right? As a matter of fact, it does the opposite. It serves to trap us into in the same conditions and experiences and situations that we're trying to get out of, Right? This is ego's attempt to not let you do anything to change it. Because ego's, ego's job isn't just to protect you from things that you never wanted to experience again, but to maintain itself, to maintain control, to maintain the me here, God, those people over there, idiots and morons, whatever, right? So we have to be careful because that becomes a problem, right? It becomes a problem, right? And please don't think that I'm on some kind of pedestal looking down and teaching this stuff, right? This is, this is, uh, I, I tell my guys, as a matter of fact, I just did it again. Uh, well, where are we? We're at class, we're coming up on class 11 of 17 classes in the seven steps program. So we're well over halfway, but at the very beginning of the program, I told people, you know, don't think that, that like I'm sitting on high and I've already got all this stuff handled. Very often, uh, I teach programs like this, and I pick topics, right, in or for Kuden. Sometimes because some dumb shit stuff came up, or James and I were having a conversation about something that a student needs or whatever. Like, I have two, two episodes, I think it's next week and the week after, that are actually based on two little micro-moments during this past weekend's black belt exam at the dojo. Right. Um, each student said something that I said well, to one. I said, that's a highly overrated. And the other one, uh, it was something similar to that. You remember, James? Right? One was for Henry and one was for for Drew. Right. Um, because it was a mindset. Right. And so I took that opportunity. You're going to be continuing on now as a black belt. You need to drop that because that will not serve you. Uh, 
and they they didn't most people didn't even pick up on it because they seem like such simple innocuous statements i mean it doesn't really mean anything i mean i didn't mean it like that yeah but see i want to make sure as your teacher and the person helping you move forward into and more thoroughly or more deeply embodying this warrior perspective, I need to make sure that that wasn't, and maybe it was innocuous, but if that's the way you say things on a regular basis, then guess what? That's what's steering the ship. So we have to be careful with things like this, right? So, and I'm not here to tell you how successful you should be. Uh, not to, here to tell you that, you know, you should aim for mastery or whatever. In all honesty, everybody here is going to do what they're going to do, right? And they're going to settle for whatever, whatever is good enough. Okay. But what I do want to talk about are things that will absolutely positively get in the way. And one of these things, again, going back to the meme are those who waste their time citing false in others while completely jumping over the lesson or in this case with that meme, jumping over the quote, right? Um, uh, I just had, I just saw one today or yesterday. Uh, one of my mentors uh, does like YouTube shorts and stuff, right? And I'm reading down through the comments and because I want to see what other people picked up on it. Because if I miss something, I'd like to say, I mean, that's one of the reasons that you have a uh, a group, right? Whether it's a dojo or in Mikio, it's called a sangha. Uh, it's a, a group of, like-minded practitioners, right? So everybody's helping everybody else move along. So uh, I, I want to see what kind of insights people pull out, but I'm going down through here and I hit one where somebody goes, yeah, that lime in green color is not working for me. I just needed to point that out. Because okay? he was using that for his captions, right? And half my brain thought, yeah, but it got your attention, didn't it? But the other half of my brain because this episode was coming up, went right to this, like, seriously? Right? You just jumped over the entire lesson because you would have been, you would have preferred if he would have used a different color combination. Seriously? That's, that's what's driving decision-making? Interesting. Okay? Interesting. So, um, anyway, these people are going to have a hard time, right, being successful, okay? Unless their goal, in all honesty, unless their goal is to be successfully or a successful, arrogant, egocentric asshole who no one would listen to. Or anyway, the, the, anybody with any kind of level of clarity isn't going to listen to. Okay, um, so uh, there and and here, here's here's another one of these irony things because I I did promise I was going to tie this to the Mikio thing. So this is if this is not your your uh, your favorite ride at the amusement park, this is not something that conscious bias is already um, identified as. Oh yeah, I'll listen to that. Yeah, I'm okay with that stuff. Um, then. Now be the time to click off because it's going to get deeper from here. But um, and some of you guys that have gone through uh, and are doing Miko training with me or 
uh, I've alluded to some of this stuff, not even alluded to it, the past couple of classes in the seven, uh, first seven steps uh, on the Path of Buddha program that we're going through, uh, we looked at the Tibetan Wheel of Life, uh, that particular mandala, right? And so we look at these, at these uh, six personality types or realms uh, that are outlined on there. And one is known as the realm of the jealous gods or the battling titans. And this personality type that we're talking about here, who uh, is just constantly, you know, judgmental, whatever, and they're missing things, right? This, this is their perspective, right? They want, now on the mandala, right, there's also a god realm, and this is just the personality type of the person who knows everything, Right. They've got an answer for everything. Uh, you know, you can't tell them whatever. Right. And if they go to class. Right. But if the teacher corrects them, then they've got this like, you know, not in their gut. And, and fucking, what does he know? Or whatever. Right. Or uh, he thinks he should already be promoted to black belt. But the teacher has not I know three people like that. Um, one is in Kung Fu. He has his black belt because um he thinks he should have passed his black belt test and he didn't. So he left his teacher and bought a black belt. So, um, cool. You know, you do you, right. I don't know why you spent all that extra time and effort and money to get one from somebody that was supposed to, supposed to know what you needed, but either way. Right. Um, but see, here's, here's what's going on with the battling Titans or the jealous gods. They want what they want this level of success, Right. But they're constantly fighting these little micro battles because it's it's like that bridge thing with all the bricks, right? They keep going after the next thing that they think will do it. But they won't listen to anybody who points out that, like, you need work over there. You're missing that skill set, right? Your plan is flawed because they think they already know everything, but they're not producing enough results to be where they want. See the contradiction, right? So it just makes them fight harder. And even if they do get, but what this ends up doing, and the mandala paints this, in their attempt to do that and in their battling, right, it causes them to continue to slip down into one or more layers of hell, right? In, in Mikio, we have, <laughs> ready for this? 28 different types of hell, okay? So pick your poison. Well, we all do anyway, right? But then they have to climb back out of that and all kinds of stuff, right? But this is, this is that, that know-it-all, things are never good enough, I know what I need, but my life is not a reflection of the knowledge, wisdom, and perfection that I think I already possess. See this weird contradiction kind of thing going on, right? So again, it can the the, the activities can create some short-term success. Like I learned a new kata, right? Uh, this sparring thing went okay, uh, whatever, right? But then the next one. Maybe not, right? And this is that idea of sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Okay? Well, have you stopped to kind of figure out when it doesn't work? Why did it not work? 
when it does work, why did it work? Well, I don't, it just it just happens. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, this is the way the technique is done. So, like, how do I know, right? My te- my my partner must have done something to screw it up, or uh, you know, I I obviously need to get somebody else's course for them to teach the the technique, so I can get something that I'm missing or whatever. But your teacher can do it, or right. So, anyway, uh, but again, it, 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 there's all these little things, right? So, uh, for those of you who are in the Bujinkan, for those of you who are actually uh, practicing ninjutsu, um, you probably know about this phrase that we use for opening. Let me just get a drink here. Boy, look at all the open loops I'm leaving behind, James. Anyway, all right. Uh, so there's this phrase that we use to open and close uh, classes. Way back in the day, you know, before everybody who thinks they know how it's always been done started training, we used the term Ninpoi Khan to start classes. Ninpoi Khan, the way of the ninja is the way of the universe, the way of the ninja is the way of naturalness, the way of the ninja is the one way, that kind of thing, and one way always points to naturalness, the way of the universe, whatever. Okay. Uh, but we use this phrase, okay. and so uh, this this phrase actually comes from Mikyo, right? So for all the people that go, we don't do that, and whatever, okay? Do what you want. Um, it is a very deep phrase that actually brings together three elements of success, of mastery, of enlightenment, whatever you want to call it, okay? But it also points to this idea that without one or more of these elements, mastery, success, or enlightenment won't take place. Now, if you directly translate the kanji, Right. This is not something that translates into a direct sentence. This is one of those those things where you have to look at it. You have to extrapolate the lesson because the direct translation. Right. There's like honeypot and all kinds of weird kind of stuff that's in here. So you have to understand the backstory and, and the key what's behind each of these things. Right. Um it's kind of like uh, uh, Sugetsu, right? Sugetsu, which is a name of a kata. But Sugetsu um, translates to moon in the water. What the hell does that mean? Right? So there's this whole thing from Mikyo about the moon's reflection, and it reflects equally in all sources of water, right? It's non-discriminatory, uh, but the reflection is either going to be clear or it's going to be rough or it's going to be non-existent. It's just going to be a bunch of sparkles or whatever based on what? The condition of the water. But it's not about the moon. The moon reflects or the moon represents a reflection of truth or the principles and concepts being uh, that are always there, right? The light, right? It's the water. The water represents the mind, your mind, in that combat situation. So, again, as I've always said, any monkey can learn the moves. But do you really? Anyway, 
So, um, it, it, but it's like that, right? So the first translation that I got for Shikin Haramitsu Daikomyo was anything could or anything holds the potential of being that thing which allows us to break through the darkness, confusion, whatever, and take us to the enlightenment we seek. Okay? Well, that's a long one, right? But you have to understand this thing that we're talking about, right, which is in Sanskrit is we would spell it out with a little d dharma because dharma written out with a capital D means truth. And so a lot of these things don't convert well into other languages, right? Um, so, but a little d dharma is a thing that makes up a bunch of, makes up something bigger, right? It's like your arm, right? It's not you, but it's a part of you and constitutes that makeup, right? But it's not just you, right? Same thing with your eye, whatever, okay? A kata is made up of parts. And people would go, yeah, there's a kamai, there's a counter-striker, an infinite gosh, and then there's a like a counter-attack to break his balance, and then there's a finishing thing, and then you lock him up, and whatever. And that's that's like suigetsu, that's shihaku, that's, uh, that's kyogi, that's, you know, it goes deeper than that. Okay. Um, it goes to the muscles that are firing to move your leg from point A to point B in that particular kamae. It's the muscles and whatnot that are firing to bring your arm around a certain way to execute on yoko-ryu, ukinagash, koto-ryu, ukinagash, whatever, right? Same thing, all of these things. The way we're breathing, where our mind is, all those kind of things. The more of these, quote-unquote, things that we have or that we're aware of, the more things we can work on and understand how they go together. It's another brick in the wall, so to speak, or a brick in the bridge, as I was describing from the very beginning, right? That ultimately then will give me more control because... I'm aware of more things than he is, right? If I'm aware of it, I can use it, right? Hatsumi Sensei has a much simpler translation for this, and that is you can, lo- you can learn from everything and everyone, good or bad. But ego doesn't do that. Ego does a preferential thing, right? And some egos... They don't want to go to a teacher. They don't want to get things reviewed. They don't want critique because they want to just, it's just comfortable just to believe that I got this. Okay. So anyway, um, James, who's on? Who do I need to acknowledge? I mean, I'm happy to say hi to everybody. Um, before we move on to this next thing, because I'm going to do a screen share. And again, for those of you who are listening in on Google Play, uh, Apple Podcast. Pandora, or else are we Spotify, and I don't know, two or three hundred other podcast directories that are too much for me to keep track of. Um, I will describe things as much as possible as I can, but before I, or as I do that, I will tell you what you could do a Google search on or whatever, so you could follow along. Uh, unless you're driving, don't do this shit while you're driving, okay? Um, or having sex, that would, that'll really get somebody to kick you in the nuts. Anyways. <laughs> 
Hey, honey, can you move your head? I'm watching the game. They're about to score. Yeah, guess who's not about to score? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, James, what do we got? Uh, Dave's on. So hello. Dave, long time no see. No, Dave was in virtual class earlier. And Julia said hi. And oh, wow. Carl's on, said good evening. Carl. Carl, Carl, Carl. My brother from down under. <laughs> I know, that was stupid and, stupid and cheesy. Just let it go. Just let it go. Anyway. Uh, James T. <clears throat> 681 on YouTube said, great shirt. Oh, thanks. And My wife got it for me. She's also the one who got me the, the mediocrity shirt instead of Socrates. Yeah, mediocrities. Yeah. Says, um, Something like, I don't know, something about wisdom. Meh. (laughs) (laughs) And Jeffrey and Jared both said good evening as well. All right. Hey, guys. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right. So let me do this. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. This is one of the two mandala. Uh, This looks almost identical between Shingon and Tendai, for anybody who cares, uh, in... um, uh, in Tendai, uh, everything that's more blue on here, like in the two flanking. Can you see my cursor when it moves? Can you, can you see that? James? Yes, I can see it. Okay, good. All right. So that hopefully everybody else can see it then too. So all this blue that's in here and all that in the Tendai stuff is, is red, right? I mean, the Tendai model are very red. Um, uh, the uh, Shingon mandala tend to be blue. Colors uh, represent different things, uh, and the lineage's primary perspectives on things. So, um, anyway, that doesn't matter. Okay, so there's lots of ways to look at mandala, right? Lots of ways, right? Uh, people want to try to memorize the characters and the order and all that kind of stuff, except that, um, like, it's 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 very very deep, right? It's like having one of these things uh, 52 times, like in a deck of cards, and each layer represents um, a different perspective on some aspect of life for you, the practitioner, right? So anyway, uh, speaking of which, when you start off uh, this character right here, uh, Hanya Bosatsu. Right. Uh, hopefully you guys can see this. It's a hall directly below the center die right here with the square with the eight petal of lotus and all that. So this character right down here, Hanya Bosatsu, um, that's you. Right. Historically, way back in the day, this mandala would not have been a print. It would have been created out in three dimensions on the ground. And then that's where you sat in digital active meditation. But your goal is to actually like storm the gates of enlightenment and this get inside here because that's the goal right there, the center guy. And so <laughs> center guy. Anyways, so <laughs> um, but what I want to look at uh, now is how Shikin Haramitsu Daikomyo fits on this mandala and is expressed by the mandala. Um, and we're actually going to be looking at three different types of success or mastery or knowledge 
uh, that kind of thing. Okay. And so ultimately what we're looking at here is the attainment of enlightenment or mastery or whatever. Okay. Which is actually, well, I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Um, So there's there's elements and 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 uh, yeah we'll just we'll just leave it at elements right I'm trying to keep this in layman's terms so here's what I want you to do right um, if you can see this square in the middle right it's actually made up of five colors but um, uh, James again you can see the the cursor moving yes yes. Okay, so I'm on the right border over here, right? And it's vertical, the right mm-hmm. vertical border. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so those of you who are listening in on the audio-only stuff, you want to do a Google search for Taizokai, T-A-I-Z-O-K-A-I, or the um, – yeah, you can leave it at that. That's fine. The, the Japanese will pop up and all that. But you may see some Sanskrit and Garbadatu and – Whatever, don't worry about that part. Taizokai will work, and you will see lots of different versions from the Heian era and all kinds of. Don't worry about it. Pick one, right? So what you'll see is that it's in. They're actually supposed to be concentric circles, but the way the model is laid out, they're in squares. And then in the center, there is a larger character, uh, and there's an eight-petaled lotus that he's in the middle of, and then there are these eight characters that are around him. So if you find that, fantastic. Okay, so right side border of this square in the middle, left side border, okay, the vertical borders, right? I want you to draw imaginary lines extending that line to the top of the mandala and to the bottom of the mandala, both sides, effectively creating three columns, okay? So, and again, I know some characters kind of bleed over a little bit based on the hall they're in and all that. Just keep it simple, right? So three basic columns, right? The column on the right, right, the right or rightmost column, right, that represents intellectual knowledge, represents book smarts. I'm going to bring this back to martial arts here in a minute, okay? Represents studying, research, okay, that kind of thing, right? So when I, when I point this stuff out, Right. People often go, why is that on the right? Because that's like left brain stuff. Yeah. Well, all the descriptions and everything about the mandala are from the perspective of you being in the mandala looking out. So that would be on your left. Okay. The fact that you're looking from the outside in is what makes it flip. Okay. So the column on the right, right, everything to the right of that right vertical border, that right vertical part of that square is the intellect. Right. It's book book smarts. Okay, the column to the left. Right. Everything to the left of that left upright on that square. Right. Is experiential knowledge. You might call it street smarts. Okay, School of hard knocks. Right. The column right up through the middle. Right. So everything inside the two left and right uprights where the where the eight petaled lotus is that column top to bottom. Right is the realm of enlightenment, understanding, wisdom, mastery, whatever you want to call it, okay? So, and again, I'm keeping this really, really simple. And what this is conveying is that enlightenment 
occurs or comes into being, wisdom, understanding, whatever, when what we know, right, what we understand about a thing, that thing could be an object, it could be a person, it could be a situation, it could be a circumstance, it could be an experience, whatever. When what we know about it matches what we have experience about it. Okay? So the left-hand side over here, experience. It's actually the round, this whole thing is about compassion and stuff like that, but that has to do with acting out in the world, right? So experience. Okay? So let's bring this back to martial arts. Okay? The left-hand column over, I mean, I'm sorry, the right-hand column over here, right? Again, I keep switching things like I'm looking out from the inside, but uh, the, one, the column on the right, right? Let's, we're, we're just going to pick one, right? This is the kata shiaku, okay? Kotoryu kata shiaku, right? So he throws a right punch. I shift back into Segano Tomai, Uke Nagash. He throws a left punch. I step back into uh, to my left in Segano Tomai, Uke Nagash, right? And then I lift a kick feint toward Godin and then I step forward and shikanken or whatever to his throat or do some kind of follow-up, that's high, okay? So I, I know the kata, right? I know what it's called. I know what, uh, you know, what it translates. I know what lineage it comes from. I can do it step by step, that kind of thing, okay? The left-hand column over here is all the work I'm going to do to be able to do shiaku against those two straight punches, right? Ski, ski, jab, right hook, uppercut, kick, right? In different environments, right? Narrow space, open space, whatever. So I can figure out not only how to do it easily, what the principles and concepts are that I need to be able to embody to be able to control the situation, to apply this kind of thing, right? But also, when shiaku is not a good answer, it's not a good option, right? What makes shiaku fail? What elements are required for it to be successful, right? Those kind of things, right? What's the overall principles and concepts that I'm using for controlling a situation, right? Over here on the on the right, this is recognizing that, okay, shiaku um, is a part of a four-kata packet in the Shoden no Maki that teaches the same principle, which is to receive what's happening, and when I have an opening, I want to stall his next attack by distracting high, middle, or low, and then because that causes his mind to go to that thing, to go to that place, because that's where the mind needs to protect, that's where the fight's going on, then I'm going to attack the opposite or somewhere around the opposite, right? So in the case of Shiaku, right, it's a mid-distraction because the, the kick is going to Godin or Kinteki, right? So it's either going to the pit of the stomach or it's going to the nuts, right? So this guy like, yanks his groin back or his gut back to save himself from that kick, right? So as soon as that happens, now if he doesn't yank back, he gets kicked, 
right? But I do so, I do this thing to get his body, flinch response, head, all that, to go to saving this thing. And because the body is bilateral, top, bottom, left, right, I can't save any part of my body without simultaneously compromising the other side unless I do good taigetsu, right, and I move everything at once. But if we cause a flinch response, that all bets are off, okay? So I kick the groin or at the stomach, so he pulls that back, which makes his head fly forward, which means that I can now punch him in the face, throat, hit him with a shuto, whatever, okay? So I get him to – the punches are coming in. So as I'm doing uke nagash, where does he believe the fight is? It's up here, right? Great, right? So he's thinking that he knows where the fight is. I suddenly throw an attack at some other point on his body. Now he saves it, and now where does his head go? Where does his head go? Shit, groin or stomach, right? And then I pop him in the head again, right? Because, well, you were right, dude. Fighting was up here, right? Except for a minute or except for a second. Okay, Tangeki, just a different mix. Hida, different mix. Uh, Kyogi, different mix. But it's the same general idea, right? So over here, I can theoretically understand that. Over here, okay, on the left side, experience, training, practicing, rondori, call it sparring, call it whatever you want. I want to practice doing that. So I can apply it in actual situations on the fly. So now, right, book smarts, intellectually, I know about this kata. I know what's supposed to make it work. I know what principles and concepts it it embodies, right? It's an example of, right? Over on this other side, on the left side, right? I have worked it thoroughly so that whether I do the exact kata or not, I can extrapolate that lesson and I can apply it in a real situation, right? Regardless of whether it looks like any one of those kata with names or not, right? Okay? This is also over here is also working the Kyonopo principle, right? Which is making eight variations and then making eight variations of each one of those variations and making all the stuff that people don't learn anymore, right? So, um, but when the point here is that when my my intellectual knowledge about Shiaku, I almost pulled a different name, Shiaku in this instance, right? When that matches, like I know what makes it work, matches my experience and skill proficiency and practical application with Shiaku, when they match enlightenment takes place about Shiaku. But here's the thing. Lots of people stop over here because it's just easier to learn how to do the kata and get really, really, really good at that. Right? This is knowledge. We'll talk about that in a minute, right? So this is knowledge. Right? And it can even be body knowledge, right? I can do it with my body. How is that not, how is that not over here? Well, that's just because I can ape it, right? Just because I can, I've always told people, any monkey can do the moves. Any monkey can get really, really good at the moves. The question is, can you apply that, that knowledge and that lesson against an enraged asshole who's coming to remove you from the world? 
Okay? So this side over here, right, we're going to call that Dojo Smarts, right, um, or Kata, whatever. We're doing Kata practice, okay? Uh, I'm sure there's people in the world, in not in the world, on, on the episode at the moment, who have been in martial arts for a long time, and you've done martial arts where in class there is Kata training, and then there's uh, self-defense training I would even put over here because they're showing you a technique and you do step one, step two, step three, whatever, right? But the cop, they're historical. They've got names and all that. And then the self-defense stuff is, here's a defense against uh, lapel grab, whatever. But it's the same thing, right? Step by step by step. And then you got sparring training. And those two don't look anything alike. You might see a kick or a punch or a stance or whatever over in sparring training. But it's been my experience, maybe yours is different, but it's been my experience that in sparring training, right, people reduce everything they've learned down to one or two punches that they like and one or two kicks that they like and maybe a throw or something like that. But it doesn't look anything like what they learned or the way they learned it. It's almost like they learned two completely different things. What I was taught was our stuff should look, they should mirror each other. Right. So otherwise, what's the point? Right. But either way. Right. When what I know about Shiaku matches what I can do with Shiaku. Okay. Without it turning into Seon, Sakugeki, whatever. Right. Then I can, it can be said that I have attained mastery or understanding or whatever with Shiaku. Okay. So I'm going to stop sharing here for, well, I'm just going to stop sharing. How about that? Boop, boop, boop. Ta-da! Hey, I'm back. All right. So, um, so here's the thing, right? Right side of the mandala, left side, us looking out. But the way we're looking at the picture, right? Right side of it, knowledge, right? Book smarts, okay? It's not success unless the accumulation of it was your goal. It's not success, but it is a key element. See how I described that with the kata, right? Doing the kata, learning to be able to do it step by step. It's not mastery. It's skill proficiency. It's an element of mastery if our focus is on using this stuff for real world survival, right? Again, I'm going to say this again because it's going to sound like I looped around. Knowledge is not success unless your goal was the accumulation of knowledge. You want to jump on forums or Facebook threads or whatever, and you want to, you know, regurgitate, memorize data. Okay? You want to be seen as the guy who knows everything. Okay? Not me. I'm just sharing stuff, and I'm always working on things. Okay? It's a part. It's an element. Okay? Experience, the other side of the mandala, I should probably point in the other direction because of the way you guys were looking at things, right? So the left-hand column on the mandala, um, that's not success either, right? Street smarts, okay? Unless your goal, right? Um, well, <laughs> how about if we say this? It's not success, um, especially if you don't learn from it and use it for future results, 
because sometimes we can call it, oh, man, I've got this experience. I had this thing. Man, wipe the floor with this guy and whatnot, except that it was a lucky shot. And we've all seen sport matches, everything from sport matches to the fight in the, in the hall at, at uh, you know, or after recess or after recess or lunch at, at school or whatever, where these guys are duking it out. And one gets to walk away with bragging rights. Knock that member for out, whatever, right? Except that he was just throwing a whole bunch of shots, and they were landing, and the other guys were landing, and yours just happened to hit just right, and it knocked him out. I'm not saying they didn't have any skill, but like, let's not let's not ignore the fact that that one just happened to hit right. Okay, see, I'm not a big fan of going after the head, not because I don't want to make him look ugly, right? Most people come ugly anyway see it's already here right but um it's it takes too many shots to freaking do damage to a head right unless you hit it just right right? so but anyway um and you know if we if we take this back to martial arts as well fighting self-defense whatever you want to call it right we have lots of instructors who their only fight experience is in the martial arts, right? So they've learned the stuff, they've learned techniques, whatever. Uh, they might have been in, you know, sport matches, whatever, okay? So they can explain the art or the techniques or whatever the way the official definition is supposed to be, Right? Is it step one, step two, do it this way, okay? Um, but they may not have any experience. Hell, based on the eyes that I've seen, and I don't mean eyes like a person, I mean eyes that I've seen in different training uh, uh, arenas, uh, and I, that includes Hombu in, Hombu in Japan. Um, these people have never been in a fight, right? I love them violent bone in their body okay? but they know the stuff they they can execute the techniques and they can do it in the training paradigm and whatever okay that's fine okay but over on the other side of the mandala you have you know people that came up through been in lots of fights school of hard knocks whatever right and so they're going to teach somebody else how to fight and they're going to do their best at coaching and, you know, this is how I do it. I keep my hands up. And, okay, well, you know, why, why do this? Well, it's because of this. And, okay, so, um, like, what if he comes at me with this thing over here? Look, dude, you just need to be fast enough. And, and so it throws that. You get your block in there and you go. You'll, you'll figure it out as you go. You'll, okay, you'll, you'll, you're going to have to have some freaking pretty intuitive students to be able to work that out because it's really vague, okay? Because they're trying to, they may not know scientifically how their stuff works. It just works for them. The other person knows exactly how it works scientifically, but they may not have ever had to make it work in a real situation. Then comes along me and a bunch and some other people in the in the art that have military background, law enforcement background, whatever, and we're teaching the stuff. We've been in real situations, 
both, you know, prior to training and after training. And we've actually used these techniques on the street, on the battlefield, whatever. Because, um, I mean, ultimately you have three different types of instructors, right? You have one who has learned the stuff, got their belts, and they're teaching, but they've never been in a fight. You've got other ones that have learned the stuff, got their belts, whatever, they're teaching it. They've been in fights, but there's no crossover. The bridge doesn't exist, right? They they didn't use what they're teaching on the street, on the battlefield. And then you've got the ones that right, have with the mushadori, onikodaki, whatever, on people with the fist flying and all kinds of shit going on. Okay. So, uh, and that's fine, right? Things are just, they, they are where they are. Okay. But, um, you have two different places, right? Uh, in, in the world, you know, university or whatever, you could have a professor that's teaching, uh, business management, right? And talking about, okay, uh, we're going to, uh, you know, we're selling, we're manufacturing and selling widgets. A widget is, well, I, I don't know what they are in computer terms these days, but back in the day, a widget was a fictitious product that you could play all kinds of gymnastics with, mental gymnastics with, you know, it costs this much to produce it and expenses and we're going to sell it for this much. So you got a profit margin and whatever, right? And then you develop a marketing plan around it and who you're going to sell it to. But ultimately, the damn thing is, is it's a piece of fiction. It doesn't exist, right? It's not like saying we're going to make high-quality uh, button-down shirts out of silk for this particular market, and no, it's a widget, right? Well, what's a widget? Well, it can be whatever you want it to be. Screw that, right? So you got this person teaching people how to start a business, how to run a business and all that, but they've never, ever owned or run a business. Right. Then you got people on the other side who from start up on run a business, have started and failed in business, all that kind of stuff. Never taken a business course, never even taken an accounting course or whatever. Flying by the seat of their pants. And then you got people that. Right. Are, are burning their candle from both ends, so to speak. OK. So, again. Knowledge is not success unless your goal is just the accumulation of knowledge. Experience is not success or mastery. It's not that you're not producing results. That's not what I'm talking about. Right? You have the experience with this stuff, but can you duplicate it? Do you understand how it works and what makes it work so you can duplicate it? Right? One person... The intellectuals are missing the experience. They don't know if their freaking theory works or not. Right? The people with experience don't know why it works often. They just know it works for them. But they don't necessarily know how to duplicate it. An example of that coming from the sports world was um, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was phenomenal as a basketball player. Anybody remember when he switched over to baseball? Oh, he sucked as bad at baseball as he was as he was good at baseball or at basketball because he made the he made the cardinal mistake, right? One, he was just natural at that game. Yay, okay. 
But the cardinal mistake was he confused being a great basketball player with being a great athlete in general. How long did he stay in baseball, James? Like a season, maybe? Went right back to basketball? <laughs> Dude, you suck. Anyway, so, so anyway, right? So, flip my notes over here because I don't want to miss anything, right? But again, the experience, these things are keys, right? To this level of experience or level of ability that a lot of people say that they want, right? But here's another thing. That column down the middle, remember I said that that was produced when the left and right columns about a given thing are are equal, okay? You've got too much of one, not enough of another, right? What you have is a belief. What you have is, you, I have confidence that it will work. Yeah, okay, well, your confidence is not born of experience. Let's just call it that, right? So they need to be equal, right? For those of you who remember how cars used to be built, we had things called spark plugs, right? And a spark plug required a specific gap based on the size engine you had and all that kind of stuff, right? And if the gap wasn't right, you may or may not get a spark, but it wasn't going to have the kind of explosive power that was going to, it, I mean, it was going to ignite all the vapors in the piston, right? To create the kind of power that you needed, right? So you always knew when you're, when you're, uh, Spark plugs were going out because you started to get a drain in power, whatever, right? But there was this gap that you needed, right? So I want you to see that gap as that center column, right? When left and right is correct, that's what you get. But there's a little secret inside this thing. There's secrets out the wazoo in this module, right? Understanding or enlightenment is not success in and of itself, unless that was the goal. Just a level of understanding, okay? So you can be wise about something, but is it useful? Right? Here's an example. We get really, really, really good at you know, shaku, right? We work all kinds of things with it to be able to really get good at it and all that kind of stuff. But since we're a traditionalist slash purist, we only ever train against the kind of attacks that came from a certain era in Japanese history based on armor. And then we get our asses handed to us when we have to deal with somebody who is a wrestler, who is doing the jab-jab right cross or uppercut or a spinning back kick or whatever because we forgot we live in the 21st century. So we can be enlightened about something within the context of the dojo, which is why several of my teachers equated the training paradigm like being in high school or college or university where you're in a program or a class that has both classroom and lab. Let's say chemistry, right? So in the classroom, you're doing the book knowledge, you're doing the book smarts, and you're studying this stuff and this chemical, and you mix that with this chemical, you get this reaction, it's an acid or an alkali or whatever, right? And then what do you do? You go over to the lab, put on your freaking apron, you get the beakers and the test tubes and all kinds of stuff, right? It's supposed to mix chemical A with chemical B, and it's supposed to turn purple when these two clear liquids meet, 
and you know it has an alkali of seven whatever right so you do that and like nothing happens color doesn't change or instead of going purple it turns black or whatever right shit now what right well whether it turns purple or whether it turns black or whether it turns clear there's a next logical question which comes from the realm of enlightenment which is what's next right if it didn't turn the right color i'm going back to the classroom and figure out what i missed restudy relearn go back to the lab until i can get freaking purple the ones who got purple going back to the classroom and doing what starting the next lesson okay what's next okay so in the training paradigm the dojo is the classroom everything outside the dojo is the lab well since how do i practice shiaku uh, out in in the real world. Well, at a certain point, you're going to need to ask yourself, how does shihaku, how do those principles and concepts manifest to defend against somebody throwing reputation-destroying innuendo in your direction? How do you use that to defend against somebody who's a pushy salesman? How do you defend against a family member who is trying to manipulate you? How do you defend against somebody who's just flat out freaking attacking you with rage and throwing a bunch of spit and vinegar at you? Right? There's no punches involved. There's no kicks involved. Right? How do you neutralize that which is coming in, distract them in a certain direction, and then do something, say something or whatever that shuts them down and makes this mess go away? Because our kata, they're examples of conflict resolution. The the belief that they're just about physical fights is problematic. That's why that's why people aren't producing more success in life. Because this is just one area, right? We see it in a box. It's in a vacuum. Right? Because everybody compartmentalizes the shit in their lives. They don't see it like, like, uh, jigsaw puzzle pieces that, that connect to create one big picture. Right? I do martial arts. I am a martial artist. Okay, great. Well, when you start defining it as I apply the lessons, principles, and concepts that I learned in Budo, right? To produce success in the world, right? to change my financial status, to change my relationship status, to, I don't mean dropping and picking up, I mean to produce better results. It's conflict resolution. When I can see it as conflict resolution, when I can see that the lessons I'm learning are solutions to problems, and here are approaches for making that happen, then I'll stop only thinking about it from the concept of physical fighting. Okay? So, um, back to that understanding and enlightenment is not success, right? Unless that was the goal. Only by the proper accumulation and application of these three key pieces, right? In context with the current aim or goal produces success. 
right? What am I trying to accomplish? Just learning a whole bunch of martial arts. I mean, my, my Daishihan title and certificate, my belt, what, all this stuff that I know means absolutely nothing unless I can apply it in context to produce results. Otherwise, it's just sitting in a fucking closet collecting dust and spider webs. Right? One of my teachers, Shiroshi Malmstrom, one of the smartest guys I know. Also one of the toughest guys I know, and he's a little bit shorter than me, as he defines himself. What is he? Five two, five four, something like that. Right? Um, Robin Stompin, heavily hell. Right? Ex-Marine. I'm sorry. I apologize, bud. Former Marine. Right? Everybody else is an ex-whatever except Marines. Right? So anyway, um, he uh, he used to start seminars. By looking at people, I remember having them in to my dojo, I don't know, two times, three times, whatever. Both freaking seminars, three, oh, whatever, all the seminars. He started the exact same way. And the room got, like, deathly quiet. He'd started off by going, all right, everything I'm going to teach you this weekend is shit. It's worthless. Wait a minute, what? Huh? Until you take it and work it. And make it so that it applies to you, that you can produce results with it. Until then, it's shit. It is absolutely worthless unless you are trying to impress other people who are impressed by that kind of thing. Until you can make it work for you, until you can figure out how your body has to apply it, whatever, right? Until you can produce results with it in your life, not just in the dojo, it's shit. I say things a little bit differently. I say this is, you know, this is like having shit in one hand and a wish in the other. Only one of these is valuable. And it's the shit. Because at least you can fertilize things with it. But, anyway. Right. So um, there's a quote I just ran into not too long ago. Um, Actions don't produce success. Habits produce success. Habits. Right. Doing what works. So part of one of the things I think is great about martial arts is that martial arts is personal development. In a stress situation. Right. You learn time management. You learn decision-making under pressure. There's all kinds of stuff, right? So you learn what works, what doesn't work, right? And there's consequences for your theories. You sit around you philosophy all damn day long. Wear one pink sock, one yellow sock, or no sock at all, whatever, and come up with all kinds of bullshit reasons why existential and all kinds of crap, right? But the reality is, is that you can't fucking dress yourself, okay? And you're lazy, right? So um, people come up with all kinds of bullshit, right? But martial arts training, there's a con- there's consequences, good and bad, for good in theory and bad theory. That's what I'm saying. Going right back to Shikinami Saikomyo. That's what I'm saying. He used to do that in class, too. We'd be in Hombu, 
and somebody come out. He had to have somebody come out and demonstrate a technique. Person would do things. Shit, we'd work on. He then he, you know, do variations and whatever. We'd work on that technique for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Damn near the whole class, right? And then somebody else would come out and demonstrate something, and we'd be lucky if he worked on it for 30 seconds to a minute or whatever, right? And then you'd have somebody else come back out and demonstrate. And at certain at different times, he would point out that, and he wouldn't call, he wouldn't say that somebody's technique was good or somebody's technique was bad. Uh, what do you call that? A spoiler alert. If he's working variations off of something for a long time, he's either fixing edges around or he's springboarding off of that thing. I learned he does that with good techniques. Shit techniques, he'll let you work with it for a couple of minutes to realize this doesn't work well. This is not tied to two. This is not smooth. This I got this. This needs a lot of fixing, right? And in these areas, right? And then you're right off to the next thing. Okay, you didn't waste time with that. But every once in a while, he would say, "If you're really paying attention and you're really you're really getting it, you should be able to tell the difference between a good technique being demonstrated and a shit technique being demonstrated." Okay, because a good technique. Even if it's flawed, you can work with that and you can, you can fix it, right? Bad techniques will get you killed and you better know the difference, right? But often students just assume that if somebody with a black belt is demonstrating something, then, and some, and sensei goes, okay, good, play, right? Well, he said good, so it must be okay. No, no, no good example right you need to, to, to determine but in the beginning how do you do that uh, again it takes time right but what it comes down to remember i said martial arts training right learning what works learning what doesn't work those kind of things right success is born mastery is born of doing what works consistently over a long period of time that's what produces success Right. One of the books, uh, which one is that? Mm, it's not the Grandmaster's book in Ninja Training. What was the other one, James? Came out before that one. Co-wrote that one with Stephen and Rumiko Hayes. Um, Ninja Secrets of the Grandmaster? Yes. No. Which one is the white one? Um, which one is that one? That one has, like, the, every chapter has a different uh, Shidoshi that he interviewed and stuff like that. And in all honesty, and this is going to piss a bunch of people off. Um, he wrote that one because a bunch of people pissed and moaned after the one book came out where he, that he co-wrote with Hayes and his wife. Yeah. So, but I would say you didn't get that from me, but yeah, you did. So, um, but either way. Uh, so in that book, he was talking about, um, you know, giving things a good try and all that kind of stuff. And, and because uh, they, they tape recorded everything. This is back when we had tape, right? They recorded everything. And um, uh, Hayes said, you know, well, you know, what do you tell the student who's, who's uh, you know, giving it a good try and it's just not working? And Soke says, well, you know, if you've been trying, trying to get this and, you know, you've been trying for 10 years, um, 
and it's still not working, then maybe try something else. Ten years? Holy shit. I'm talking to people that live in the West, right? If, if we can't get our meal in, you know, two and a half minutes at the drive-thru or 30 minutes or whatever, we're getting up and walking the hell out, you know, because, right? I got, I got shit to do, right? I got Netflix to binge watch here. Let's go, right? Um, but 10 years, that's a good try. So we're talking over a long period of time. People have been convinced that things can be done quickly or whatever they make. Remember that that first impression uh, bias, right? They, they think that they can get things very, very quickly, right? Because, you know, if, if I as long as I'm producing results and I get the belt and whatnot, then, you know, right? But what's really happening is the definition of success. The training is not getting watered down. The definition of success is being fucking watered down. Right. So um, that's what changes everything. Right. All right. What else did I want to uh, let's see? So uh, let me let me uh, kind of finish this up here. Um, two things when it comes to success. One is just this this. I don't know. When I was writing out my notes, this thing popped into my head for an analogy. Like um, I often say, you don't do come on. Right, you become the kamai. Right? Well, how the hell do you do that? It's a stance. No, it's not a stance. Right, um, but if we go back to the mandala, right? I know these things. Right, I know these security practices. Let's say it's security things. Right, lock my doors, uh, scan the area. There's certain things I do when I go into restaurants or or public spaces. Uh, you know, there's there's five. Uh, there's a list of five things that I do. I teach these things, right? So I, I have these. I have these frameworks. I know these things, whatever, right? And then over time, I have practiced them. I have caught myself dropping the ball and having to remind myself to do it or whatever. And I just do them and do them and do them, remind myself, do them, remind myself, do them, not do them, shit. Remind myself, do them, right? Mastery is, I don't have to think about it anymore. That enlightened, that middle column right there, okay? So, you know, if I drive into New York City, or my wife and I will go to Philadelphia because we have a couple of favorite restaurants and some other places that we kind of do down there, whatever. Right? Inner city, you know, my area, we have crime and stuff, but, like, I don't have to worry about things nearly as much. But... In my area, I lock my doors all the time, right? We have a security system on my house. We have all kinds of stuff, right? And the things are activated. And I'm, you know, some one of the kids, they forget. They come to visit or whatever, and they do. No, no, no. You know what? Oh, I, I forgot. Sorry. Okay? Well, that tells me you're not doing it at your house. However, right, my house, these things are done this way, right? Yeah, but you just said that the crime rate wasn't that you don't have that much to worry about. I know. But I visit these other places. So this is this is an all the time thing, not a when I remember, because if I don't do it all the time and if it doesn't, this this like martial arts training needs to go from being something I do to something that is so much a part of who I am that I can no longer I can I can not not do it any more than I can not breathe. 
it becomes the new habit pattern. Why do I do all these things around here? Because it's what I do. And when I go someplace else, guess what I don't have to remember to do? The security stuff. Because it's what I do all the time. And just because security or just because the crime rate's lower around here, the crime rate's lower because the population density is lower. The crime rate per capita is the same as it is in big cities. We don't have as many incidents because we don't have as many people. But the percentages are exactly the same. But this is not about me doing things. It's not about me doing shiaku. There's another thing about the way people practice. People practice until they get it right. And then they stop. James, I tell you guys to practice until when? Well, until you can't get it wrong. Until you can't get it wrong. Because that means you own it. It's so part of muscle memory that you can't screw this up. Your martial arts training, your self-defense skills and all that, need to be as conscious, subconscious, and unconscious, all three going on at the same time, it needs to be as natural, instinctual, habitual, or whatever, as showering, as driving your car, as anything else that you do, and give minimal to no thought to whatsoever. It Because it's, no, it's not something that you do it's so much, so much a part of who you are that you can't not do it. But the only way to get to that is to get past ego wanting to stop when you get it right. And you'll know your flinch responses will start to look more and more like come I and less and less like oh shit. It'll still have an oh shit feel to it, but the new habit pattern will be more, more come I like and less not right but this all comes down to right if if we really want this level of success we really want the level of, you know this idea of mastery or whatever we want more than good enough that's going to take some soul searching right and you'll know because the teacher suggests that you do more right right Dress when you come to class, even if you're on virtual. Get up off your ass and actually shadow box the stuff, whatever. Okay, You'll know because you'll have that feeling. Okay, yeah, I can do that. I'm in class. I get it. Okay, Or, oh, seriously, man, come on. Right? You'll know where your boundaries of too much is. Right? But what it ultimately comes down to is you didn't pick this because you want to be like everybody else. So be willing to do what the masses are not willing to do. Because until that happens, you're not getting results that the masses don't get. Right? So, see, my goal is always to be to have experiences and whatnot where I've got that feeling. I know you all have it because there's things that you do in your life where when you're doing that thing, it clicks 
And whether you think, say, or whatever these words, or it's just a feeling, right? It's, it's, it's expressed or experienced like, man, life just doesn't get any better than this. Or, man, I could do this all the time. Right? That's, that's my goal. I hope it's your goal. But if we are not willing to do, and that includes the greater group that we're in too, call it Bujinkan, call it martial arts practitioner, whatever, right? Can't be average in there either, right? But until we're willing to do what the masses are not willing to do, man, doesn't get any better than this. Hear that inflection? It's going to be, nope, doesn't get any better than this. Because the habits produce reality. Consistency over time. The long game. Okay? Ten years. Five years. I can tell you in my dojo how long until people drop off. And if they don't drop off at that point, what's phase two? First one is within the first hundred days. After that, if I can keep them past 100 days, it's 4 to 11 months. If I can keep them past that, I'd have to kill them to get them to quit. But you know how many people we've gone through to get to that group? And that's just not in my dojo. That's consistently across the martial arts. So if you're still, at whatever stage, still moving on, you've attained some level of success. Even if it's in spite of yourself, because if you're still training and even if it's been off and on, even if it's not physical because of injuries or illness or whatever, but it was mentally and you were researching and keeping up with things and, you know, applying it in different, you know, any way you could or whatever. Right. Congratulations. You found yourself in the one tenth of one percent of the entire freaking population who can stay committed to anything for any significant amount of time. The question is, what level of results do you produce? Because being interested in something and staying with it because you're going through the motions is way different than your life reflecting the results you produce even when you're not trying. There's plenty of things I'm working on. Plenty of things. Like we don't have enough students coming in that door calling or, or, uh, you know, Inquiring or whatever. Often enough. Right, James? Not enough. It's not consistent. Okay? And you know why it's not consistent? Because I'm not consistent because I've got a bunch of things that I'm doing. So I do this thing and then I do. So one of the things I'm working on now is putting automation things in place so that the consistency happens with or without me. But that's just allowing technology to take over some of the habits because I can't, I don't have, I'm I'm not Shiva, right? I don't have a thousand arms or eight arms or whatever. So, anyway, uh, James, questions, comments, complaints? Uh, Jeffrey said it was the Grandmaster's Book of Ninja Training. 
that you're referring to. Thanks. Appreciate it. And Dave said the best part of the Daikyomisai events in Japan was getting to see so many examples, good and poor, and getting to train with so many people from different countries. Agreed. Agreed. And that was it. That was it. Awesome. Okay. So, uh, speaking of Daikomiosai, ours is coming up January 5th, 6th, and 7th. Got a full slate of uh, breakout sessions, and uh, there's still some spots. I've got a cap of 30 uh, on, and we've got about, I think, half of it filled at the moment. So, I mean, we're okay, even if it's a small event or whatever, but there is a virtual option. There's a live option. Uh, I know a couple of people told me that they can't rearrange their work schedule or whatever. So uh, this week, the link will be going out. I'm going to do it early this year. Normally, I wait until the week before, but um, I'll just do it now because the holidays are just going to get in the way. So the link will be going out for people to pre-order the um, videos if you can't make it any other way. Right? Uh, but if you go to onlineninjaacademy.com forward slash events, you can see the topics that are being covered and all that. Um, what you won't get, um, now I, I don't know. Did we do that last year, James, where we did a virtual option for people could like sign up for the GOMA? Did, was that last year that we did it? That's right, because Lee was one of the ones that were on the virtual side of things. Right. Uh, but we have a way to do that. So the our, our Dicomio sign in January, um, we do uh, this modified version of something that goes on in Nikyo um, as an active meditation slash goal attainment. Uh, I, I would say it's an exercise, but it's not an exercise, right? It's an active kata, right? You're doing this thing to begin the process of producing results. And I don't mean like we're going to do it, and then you start producing results, like, after you leave the seminar, that's the beginning. No. During that active exercise, you actually act out the entire process, in a condensed form. So you've already done it. Right? The trick is to convince ego that it's already been done. Right? So it then produces the habits. James, I just I just started um a new uh, research project on uh psychology. Um Nikio already has this stuff in, but like, you know, science is catching up, right? So um the problem that most people have is they think that their present has been produced by their past. And it's not not true, right? Because you've made certain choices and all that kind of stuff. But there was an emotional sting to a lot of that stuff, right? And now, in the present, what people are doing is is blaming their past or uh, quantifying their present on their past and whatnot. But even in even the world of criminology, when we're... Uh, when we look at how, uh, when I was a cop and we looked at how people, um, gave statements of or remembered like an assault or a traffic accident or whatever, or they're giving testimony in court, right? The belief used to be that memory is objective and it just gets stored, but that's not true. It gets, it gets altered, right? And so your perspective on the meaning of all those things that occurred in the past, right? 
actually creates a feedback loop that determines what you're doing in the present. So another way to say that is your present is giving meaning to the past that then keeps the loop going in the present. And then people do the same thing where they think the present, what they do in the present produces their future. But the way Nikio describes it is um, your goal or determination for your future self, right? Creates your habits in the present, right? So it's a, it's again, more crazy wisdom. So um, can't wait to dive into that and see how, how much uh, people that, Develop this stuff that we call Nikyo, which is about 1600 years old, um, but goes way back over 2500 years and back a couple of extra thousand years uh, before that. Um, how they worked all that stuff out before, you know, we had modern Western labs and psychoanalysis and all kinds of extra shit to try to figure things out. So interesting stuff. What I'm, what I'm doing is I'm diving into it just one to see how it compares and to see how it's reflected. But I'm also looking for um, better ways to translate the ancient stuff into something that modern 21st century people can use to start producing results more quickly. Because I got weird hobbies and nothing other, nothing, nothing else to do. That's <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. Anyway. All right. Anything else? Any last minute things from anybody? No, sir. All right. The world is uh, the, the the world. The year is ticking down, folks. Okay. So, um, yeah, the the current thing that's out. I'm only running this till Friday. Uh, some of you guys already had this, right? There's a there's a what we call it, a done for you blueprint for training and stuff. So if you're looking for anything, if you've been just dancing around YouTube trying to figure stuff out. If you have years worth of of training. Um, that has just been like seminars, going to Japan, whatever, and there's no real structure to anything, that can really like inhibit uh, how quickly you can get from point A to point B. Um, what I did was I packaged all the uh, workbooks through all the modules that we have and then included, just as a bonus, threw in the Shodan to Nidan packet for our curriculum, obviously, um, but I put all that stuff together, and I'm offering it out this week. Um, we're going to be repurposing a bunch of this stuff in the new year. So um, I sent it out an email today. There's going to be one going out every day as a reminder, a little bit of tidbit of information and stuff like that, um, extra, you know, education kind of stuff as well. Uh, but folks will have until Friday uh, if they want to get them. And after that, um, it's it's only going to be – it's going to go back into the uh, only available for – uh, students in the programs or whether it's in-house or the long distance program. So if you want it, check your email for that stuff um, or keep an eye out for tomorrow. And if you didn't see it, then whatever, but uh, there's a link to a page. Do we even have, do you, is it, can you put that in the chat? Whether somebody has it or not, the, the one to the done for you thing, it's on online ninja Academy um, because there's a, like a 17 minute training that I do on that and then the page has the information about the thing or whatever right so anyway pardon the shameless plug on things but um i know this is the time of year when people start thinking about um you know 
but and here's here's that thing again too, right? <clears throat> Success and whatnot. James and I are ramping things up, right? We're doing more and more, but most people, their energy and productivity level is actually dropping because they're thinking about winding up the year and starting again fresh after the new year. Like somehow those days, like, you know, where we poured out the last couple of drops of one beer and we're going to crack another can in three weeks. What the hell? Right. So um, I, I don't think in those same terms, but I have to manage around people who do. But if you're already being in the process of thinking about focus and, you know, speed to execution, all that kind of stuff after the new year, um, where I'm going to offer this up, uh, this stuff out until Friday, there will not be an extension because um, we've got a couple of things that we're going to run through and then it'll be a done deal. So there'll probably be one big push for something, I don't know, around Christmas, maybe, if I feel like it. But otherwise, um, that's it. So that's the current one. All right. Any, anything last minute, James? Anybody else pop something in? No, sir. Nope. All right. Well, in that case, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. I'll talk to everybody again next time on Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe through your favorite podcasting site. Or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.